Art Creative Review. This is London. This is London. This is BBC London 94.9. I'm Caroline. I work in a supermarket and I'll be listening. My name's James. I'm the mechanic and I'll be listening. Hi, I'm Morag. I'm a nurse and I'll be listening. My name is Caroline Celotti, manager of Chelsea. I will be listening. This is the BBC in Delhi. Perth, Washington, D.C. Wherever you are, you're with the BBC. This is London. Yes, this is London. Hello, or should I say, hello. And there's a This is London theme to the podcast this month as we hear the sound of London from two different BBC perspectives. Firstly, Paul Hilton is here from the local service BBC London 94.9. Hi, Steve. And you're 40. It's 40 years old as of last Wednesday, yes. Happy what, birthday is. What did you do to celebrate? Well, we basically had uh, a great uh, dig into the archives and um, two of our uh, upcoming stars put together a fantastic documentary uh, looking back at those 40 years with some great archive footage. Got some great guests in all the way back from uh, sort of 1971 when Radio London first started. Uh, the whole thing, you know, narrated by uh, Tony Blackburn. Uh, we got some great, great stories out of that. Not only that, we dug out some of the old archive jingles from Radio London days, including their uh, test transmission before they actually went on air from uh, the transmitter at Rutan in Kent. And this lovely voice comes on in and said, if you can hear us, please drop us a line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't hear us, there's no point putting that announcement on air at all. <laughs> Indeed. So that, yes, yeah, so that went out, out as a one-hour special. And uh, throughout the day, we also put in um, our imaging, the old imaging uh, cuts from Radio London, some of the old GLR cuts as well. So we had, you know, right through the day, on the hour and a half, how it sort of reminded us that we are 40 years old today. So it was, it was, a, it was, a, lo- it was a lovely atmosphere in the, uh, in the station that day, it really was. And Ben Motley is with us. And Ben, you produce the sound that is known right around the world as the sound of London, because one of the services you work on is BBC World Service. That's right, yes. And what do you do exactly? Um, well, I, my job title is multimedia producer. I'm essentially a, a radio produ- promotions producer, but uh, they give me this job title that allows me to stick my oar into lots of other things where my nose probably isn't welcome as well. And how easy did you find it to move from being a radio producer to somebody who also had creative input into other platforms, other formats? I think it's happened quite organically because we were, when I joined the department about a year ago, um, essentially a, a radio promotions team and we've been merged with the rest of the uh, creative team, marketing, world service, all over the place. Uh, so it's really just happened from having those people in the office and, and you know, conversations that, you know, lead from one thing to another. And it's, it's just a bit of a, a bit more of a hothouse creatively, I think. Well, I have to say, doing this podcast month on month, I found that uh, BBC people have always been a little bit more difficult to, to prize from their shells than their commercial counterparts. But I'm pleased to say we have found right here two of the corporation's least reluctant oysters. So thank you for joining us both. And one of you has brought along one of my all-time favourite radio promos. I'll leave you to, uh, to guess which one it is, and we'll hear that a little bit later. Great radio production and the people who make it. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's. So, Paul, let's start with you and BBC London 94.9. And this is going to be a more promos, less talk podcast. So let's crack on with your first piece of audio. Yeah, this one is um, entitled London Stories. And what this is really about is um, it's really our, our positioning um, in as much as we, our tag 
is London's news, London's stories. Um, what that's allowed us to do essentially is, you know, especially on the stories, as we listen to you know listeners' contributions, you find that absolutely everybody has got some kind of story to tell, even when they're commenting on a, or an opinion on a news story. And there's always a, a, a story that will come out of that. Um, well, you, you mean a personal story, some kind of insight? Yes, yeah, some experience attached to that new story, something that happened to do with the subject matter. And what it also allowed us to do was it, we can spread the, the, the tag of London stories right through the output. So what we wanted to do was obviously you know, um, underline the fact that when you listen to BBC 94.9, yes, you, you're, you're hearing opinions, but also you're getting some great stories, and we, we obviously glean some great output from it too. BBC London 94.9. London's news. London's stories. Everybody's got one. I actually took Buddy Holly into Denmark Street. What? When we did the tour, and he was over here. He wanted a guitar. He'd take me to where I could get a guitar then. No. My uncle ran a cockroach infested bar. Gaddafi was meant to come and speak, and like to hundreds of thousands of people at the the only reason why they would let me go to the bar was if I were to present flowers to Gaddafi. He gave me that guitar back at the end of the tour as a gift. Have you still got it? I'm still... You're joking. No, that's, things get really rough. I'm not flogging Breaking it. Breaking stories. Moving stories. Great stories. What do you want to tell us about, Simon? <laughs> I was bitten uh-huh. in a supermarket by a crab. London stories. Oh, now this is not talk. You see, sir, I, I thought... BBC <laughs> London. 94.9. All human life is there, and crabs and cockroaches too. Yeah, one of those rare occasions where Danny Baker's actually lost for words as well. <laughs> it takes it. Yeah, I mean, there you've got Desert Connor talking to uh, Robert Elms, and suddenly he comes out with this story saying, you know, um, I was here when Buddy Holly came over in 1957, I think it was, uh, and took him down Denmark Street. And you think, wow, you know, here we go. And how easy do you find it is to fit that line, London's news, London stories, to every aspect of your station's output? It's pretty easy, really. I mean, you, again, if you look at the the, uh, the programmes themselves, um, you've got the uh, the news stories, reactions to it, uh, say, predominantly on breakfast, Vanessa and drive time, so you're always going to get the news element in there. It can be reported in the field, so, yes, I'm standing here in Hoban, etc., etc. Um, and then, obviously, off the back of that, then you can get the story element, which, again, you look to another show to, to get that, or it can be, again, off the same... Um, subject on, on, on the news show. Excellent. What's your second item? Uh, the second item is uh, our B part of it. Now, B part of it was a, a pan, and still is to, to a degree, uh, a pan English regions um, um, campaign, which um, you may well have seen um, a TV campaign uh, running in, in London, especially, but also in the regions as well. The TV advert in, in, in London, as you might remember, was uh, a sort of bunch of people um, basically snuggling up to iconic London landmarks and bridges and uh, sculptures. So I've seen this uh, campaign running in Merseyside, which I thought was a delightful film, and I think there was a version also that ran on the south coast. Yeah, that's right. It went right around the country. Basically, that kind of painted the feel that we wanted to try and uh, sort of recreate for radio. Quite emotional, really. Indeed, indeed. And it grows and flourishes, and it's uh, it's, uh, it's one of the sort of most proudest bits of work that I've done for, uh, for BBC London. 
You're listening to London's radio station. This is where we live. Just walked over Southwark Bridge and it is absolutely beautiful. Oh, the sun is where rising. we commute. This is the right kind of snow. It's just the wrong kind of quantities. We fight. I'm I'm no, this is not the purpose of the programme. It's not the purpose. We cry. As soon as Ben died, the first couple of days I wanted to just lay on my pillow and cry forever. We you know. love. I walk down the street and it's hello bar. How are you? Oh, how's that feeling? Grant. We wait. If I left waxing my legs. I wouldn't look like your face in that many days. We buy. Excuse if you got Paul. I don't want to pry, but come on, it takes a second to put on a pair of boxes. London, this is our city. These are your stories. A story that everybody in London knows so well. And I think we might have a goodie. Morning, G. BBC London, 94.9. Be part of it. Yeah, really uh, emotional, tactile piece. And uh, I like the way that you've welded in... Uh, human stories, real people stories with a bit of celebrity which I've never seen in that campaign elsewhere in the country It's nice to go for very London based celebrity voices as well because I mean, a huge number, a huge percentage of the celebrities in the country must live and work here but yet you've deliberately gone for ones that you think yeah that person says London Yeah absolutely, I think you know in the wider world of station sound I think you, 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 you do something uh, when you're making these trails says to you look we've got to make this sound like where we are uh, and I know that's difficult in London because you know I'm totally I'm from the north I mean we're all here everybody but you've got to try and at least get somebody you know with, with the accent or at least somebody that you know is connected to London um, and I think that's I think that's quite important I think it, you're right it's too easy sometimes to think oh that's a huge name but is it relevant to us here you know at that time there might have been you know hawking a book around but you know, we want somebody who's here, mm. somebody like Barbara Windsor, who just used to top up, up and down Mollybone High Street where our old studios were, and she would be, uh, you know, popping and saying hello all the time anyway. So it was fantastic. And you've got a lot of competition from uh, LBC up the road, very successful station with an incredibly clear proposition. What differences do you try to highlight in London 94.9? LBC is obviously 100% speech, uh, whereas BBC London 94.9, you know, isn't. We've still got. Um, music, we've still got sport as I said before, the story element can actually encapsulate all the output it can encapsulate the sports um, programme, reaction from the fans um, it can encapsulate a music programme on Saturday lunchtime, we've got Gary Crowley who's doing, um, you know, we call it a soundtrack to your life, uh, where he's looking back at the 80s uh, 70s and 80s, and again the stories that come out of just a piece of music you know, where were you when you first heard this, etc etc, so that's the way that we weave our differences with LBC is we know we can actually put that extra bit of output out there. And something that I can't imagine your competitors ever doing uh, is uh, uh, something orthonological. <laughs> Help Ornithological. Me. Ornithological. Well, then. Something I can never, something I can't imagine your competitors doing is anything ornith. I can't possibly ever imagine your competitors doing anything with birds. What's this all about? This was um, an initiative, um, again, across English regions, uh, where they were offering to give away, quite literally giving away, um, nest boxes. Uh, and this was an initiative to obviously get people you know, back to nature, if you like, talking about nature, inviting you know, birds to come and roost in their gardens, etc. So, you know, uh, when these things sort of land on your, your desk, you look at you think, oh, how on earth are we going to promote this one <laughs> and um, so we had 200 of these things to give away in Regent's Park one Saturday and Sunday and um, I just sort of 
basically raided the BBC sound effects library for as many sort of ducks and um, bird calls I could find and try and get them to sort of sound like they were actually an audience at the time. You're listening to London's radio station. These are some very excited London birds. They've just heard about the 200 new nest boxes BBC London 94.9 are giving away. And these birds are watching someone trying to build their own nest box. Next Saturday in Regent's Park, we'll make it easy for you. Just collect your free nest box, we'll show you how to put it together and how to attract some new neighbours. All you have to do is tell us your new wildlife stories. Yes? George, it's that tit from next door again. The BBC London 94.9 Nest Box Challenge, Regent's Park, next Saturday. Good tit gag. Yes, that's right. And uh, obviously, of course, this being a sort of regional uh, BBC station, I had to make a, a different version of that, taking the word tit out as well. <laughs> so we had to make... Uh, an, an, Sparrowhawk. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, so, uh, I, think, I think bird, actually, was oh, the... Right. Uh, which is, uh, Perhaps a little bit more controversial. Actually, we, mm. yeah, there, there was a breakfast, ver- a, bre- a breakfast version, and um, a sort of day, later in the day version, which was the uh, yes, the tit gag, which is always good. So there's about forty stations, aren't there, in the BBC local radio network? How how tightly bound is BBC London to the rest of that network? Well, that's a good question because yes, obviously, um, I think as Trevor Dam uh, pointed out in this um, recent documentary that at the time that he took uh, took on GLR. The idea of having, say, you know, with all respect, um, a BBC Shropshire or, you know, a BBC Norfolk and then grafting that onto a big city like London was going to sound preposterous. So I guess, you know, our sound altogether is just that little bit different than all the, uh, the shires. I mean, we're still very much obviously part of that group. And indeed, we've got a, a great station sound uh, community now and we tend to meet up once a year in Bristol for a couple of days and talk about what we've been doing in the last year. Um, so that it's, it's quite a close-knit family in that term. But in terms of what you listen to, it's, we're probably quite a lot different. You're listening to the Earshot Creative Review. I'm Steve Martin here with Paul Hilton of BBC London 94.9 and Ben Motley of BBC Global News. And we're actually in a Hilton hotel, so thank you, Paul, for letting us in. You're welcome, yeah. Paris will be long later as well. (laughs) (laughs) All part of the family. So, Ben, uh, you're writing for people who don't have English as a first language. What are the challenges there? I guess it's a a case of keeping it simple. uh, But at the same time, it's an interesting question, actually, because a lot of the time you don't want to make things too simple. You've got an audience who are listening to an English network, so you have to assume a certain amount of knowledge to a certain extent. So... Obviously, there are concepts and, and linguistic tricks that you might try and avoid that, that would work elsewhere. But uh, I don't know, I think... You wouldn't do the tit gag, would you? You wouldn't do the tit gag, no, no. That's a really good case in point, really. It means that, you know, clever plays on words and the sort of thing that you might want to do in trails elsewhere aren't going to work. But, I mean, essentially, the, what you're trying to do is the same thing. And what have you brought along to demonstrate that? Uh, well, the first thing I've brought is a, a trail for a programme about chess. Do I hear many programmes on the radio about chess. You don't. And when I heard we were promoting this, I volunteered to do it because I thought, well, this would be a real challenge. This would be something really interesting to get my teeth into, uh, trying to make chess interesting. And I already had a, a vague idea of a kind of clash of the titans kind of approach. 
And although I was worried at the time that it might sort of descend into taking the piss slightly, um, luckily the programme was full of people who were really, really passionate about chess. And uh, so it was probably less difficult than I expected to make it sound like they were really battling for supremacy. One of the toughest sports in the world. It is just too difficult to play perfectly. A game that takes no prisoners. Players are, I think, quite disturbed in lots of ways. As masters battle for supremacy. By the time it got to the end of the match, he was psychologically destroyed. In an epic battle for the king. There's euphoria when you win, but to lose, it's annihilation. That game is chess. They're trying to impose their personality on the other player. They're trying to look more confident than they are. They're trying to talk their opponent out of doing things that they might otherwise do against lesser mortals. Seeking the end game. Friday at 9am, midday and 3pm on the BBC World Service. Nicola Walker, who, who did the voiceover on that, was just fantastic. She I mean, I didn't realise until she came into the room, had done a play about chess some years ago and so was really into the subject. So she really gave it some welly and we sort of did it over and over again and she was getting more and more excited. So that was, I mean, that was essential really because it needed to sound like it was that kind of, you know, you're expecting it to be about the premiership or, or that kind of five live sound, or maybe Sky Sports sound of really bigging something up slightly unnecessarily. <laughs> I wish I hadn't told you it was about chess in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I completely lost the reveal then. Well, I was going to ask, how many, how many times would uh, a typical listener to BBC World Service hear that? And you know, would it have the same impact on second or third hearing, do you think? Um, well, the rotation of trails in World Service is really, really high. I mean, that's always a tension with something like that. You've got to come up with something that on at least second and third listens, there's something more for people to take away from it. So I think when you hear it for the second time, you're hearing the trails before the reveal you know with that knowledge so i think you've got a, at least two maybe three or four um you know hearings of that before you're getting you know really fed up or thinking well i know what the reveal is go away now you know if you want to try that just go back about a minute on this podcast and you can uh, have a go yourself thank you very much uh what's your name by the way hola and hola what are you doing uh, i'm serving coke coke that's um a bottle of coke <laughs> in a glass <laughs> just in case you were thinking of something else. OK, it's the Earshot Creative Review with, with Ben Motley from BBC World Service right now, listening to uh, Ben's audio. What's the next item you brought along? Well, the next one is from... Uh, I mean, I've been on, on secondment, basically, to World Service for the past year uh, from my usual job as a producer at Radio 7, which I'll be going back to within uh, the next month. And... I was producer of the Comedy Club, which is the late-night comedy strand where you hear things like Little Britain and uh, On the Hour, that kind of thing, sort of stuff from the last 20 years, really. And um, we've got a, a great presenter called Alex Riley, who's, who's more recently become BBC Three's expert on really rubbish food. And uh, a few years ago, I thought it would be good fun for the, the Christmas trail... Um, so we'll be doing a, a trail basically for our Christmas output to get him doing a song. So it kind of it fitted with his personality and his approach to the sound of the show. And every year I had to up the ante, really. So this was me upping the ante. Little Britain, Hutton Dennis, Marcus Brinkstock, Dan Rinner, John Shuttleworth. It must be Christmas! Tinsel satsumas, the smile of a child with sprouts and cliff rigid, a turkey defiled. But wait, something's missing now. What could it be? The hilarious sound of some comedy 
Ben, that is one of my all-time favourite <laughs> radio promos. <laughs> Everything about it is right, from the direction and the writing. I mean, to rhyme child with a turkey defiled is just genius. That's, yeah, that's Alex's writing. <laughs> and what, what I, I tend to do is give him a, a basic outline and then he'll come up with something appropriate. So, yeah. It's just wonderful. Well, I think what, the, what I wanted to do is make the listener at least first think that this was, you know, some kind of production music and that we just got Alex singing along with a recording of a children's choir and then kind of hit them at the end with the fact that actually he's singing along with the children's choir and you've got this kind of whole 1980s top of the pops, you know, children's choir type thing going on as well. And how did you do the music production? Um, I knew I wanted a children's choir. Um, that, that was the thing that came first. But luckily my dad uh, was a primary school teacher and, uh, and, and ran the choir. Uh, but it was it was too far for me to travel and record them myself. So I sent notes and sheet music and backing tracks and just about everything that I thought they might need to record these various lines I needed from them. And uh, and they did a fantastic job. Yeah, and they sent, sent it, me back. They? Yeah, <laughs> sent me back the, the files a couple of days later. And uh, yeah, it was perfect. I mean, I I did think that there was a chance that that might not have worked and then I would have had to think again and maybe found a, a local choir and, and gone in and done it myself but they did a, just an absolutely brilliant job they really got it as well which was great Big up the school where is it? I mean, it's oh that's uh, yes it's Newick Church of England Primary School in, uh, in East Sussex yeah. Fantastic yeah. What I'm most sort of um, amazed at there is the fact that like say you've got the kids to actually buy into that because that must be one of the hardest things to do when you you know you have a, uh, a sort No of... kids will do what their teachers tell them they're quite <laughs> obedient especially in Sussex I think, I think it was trying to get the, the, trying to get the teachers uh, into it it was probably probably more more of a problem really uh, when if, when you want to do something like that I, I think if you it's very difficult to go to someone and say I want to do a big all singing all dancing number with a children's choir because they're probably going to look at you as if you're mental anyway so you know, often it's best with something like that to just go and do it and come in and say, does this sound okay? I couldn't agree more. There's no better way, is there, to demonstrate how a piece of radio is going to sound than actually play it to people. Most of the time, there's no reason not to actually make it and play the client or the, the marketing client who's commissioned it how it's going to sound, and that gives them a far better idea than anything they'll ever see on paper. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the amount of times that you know I've had, such not not so much with the with the present um, regime, but in, in the past where I've sort of drafted it, you know, where I think, well, look at this script, and you think just before you send it, you think, well, I wonder how they're going to interpret this because I know how it's going to sound up here in my head, but are they going to get this? And you know, then you get the knockbacks and say, oh, we need to say that out, and you say, oh, well, actually, what's the point? But, I mean, the good thing about the, the script on that one is actually the, the children just going, ah, then they say, it's Christmas time, and so the only, the only words they're singing are, are the Christmas time and the Yucatune if you've got nothing better to do. Um, so actually, if anyone had been unhappy with it, then Alex could have rewritten it, we could have re-recorded it. So there was maybe a little bit of room for manoeuvre there, you know, if, if stuff wasn't liked. You gave the, gave the kids the low-risk lines. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they certainly didn't sing along with the, the second version, which was talking about making love to your beautiful wife at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move back to the BBC World Service while we still can. And uh, this is a bit of an epic. It is a bit of an epic, yes. Um, Basically, I was asked to make a promotion for a, a moral and philosophical puzzle, uh, which is basically a puzzle about whether you would 
kill one person to save the lives of five people. And it's based around the idea of a train, uh, a runaway train hurtling down a line. You've got uh, one man tied to the track. Um, who's going to die if you don't change the points? If you change... No, you've got five. <laughs> you've, you've got five people who are going to die because they're tied to the track. Now you can switch the points and the train will divert onto another line where there's only one person tied to the line. So do you change the points and let this one person die or do you let, I suppose, nature take its course and let the train carry on and kill these five people? And then the second part of the problem is you've got a fat man standing on a bridge and you could save the lives of five, these five people by pushing the fat man in front of the train, thus stopping the train and saving the lives of the five people, but the fat man dies. So I've struggled to even explain this to you and that's what I had to get into a 45-second promo. Here comes a train and it's out of control, blasting its whistle and belching out coal. Up ahead there are five people tied to the track. It's going too fast and there's no turning back. A flick of a switch and the train will divert to a line where the five people will not get hurt. But there's one person already tied to that line, so do you flick the switch or do you decline? Now you are standing upon a footbridge as another train heads towards certain carnage. Five people tied up, but you have a plan. Beside you is standing a very large man. If you push the man onto the track down below, his massive bolt will cause the engine to slow. You'll save five lives, but the large man will die. So the question is, would you kill the big guy? Would you kill the big guy? Wednesday at 9am, midday and 3pm on the BBC World Service. And we're talking about promos that deserve a second or third listen. That's got to be one of those. Yeah, and, um, I mean, it, it had an, an absolutely unprecedented response. I mean, the number of emails that came in and, and people posting on blogs and it was being shared on Facebook and it, it was just crazy. It's like nothing that I've ever experienced before with something that I've made. And I, so I think there was a real resonance. You know, people, people were asking how they could find the text of the poem and I, I mean, it's just something that I wrote. It wasn't something that I thought of as a poem particularly, but that was really, that was really quite um, flattering. The other thing I ought to say about the, the worldwide response to it is one slight worry I had about the, the promo in the first instance is it's um, uh, basically an homage to a, a 1930s film and a you know, poem by Auden and, and, and music by Benjamin Britten. And... Um, Nightmare? Nightmare, that's right, yeah, yeah. And it was um, slightly worried that that might be lost on people. So, so I was quite careful to, to almost make it not matter. So, um, yeah, that's an added bonus, isn't it? If yeah. you get it, then you, you credit yourself for understanding the reference. Exactly. I think that's, I think that's what I was going for, definitely. Um, but there's always the worry when you do something like that, when you're aware of where it comes from, that actually you might be missing something and that, you know... You know, you might be thinking, well, why has this bloke got a sort of slightly 1930s filter on his voice and why is it all very old-fashioned and that sort of thing? But uh, it doesn't seem to have mattered. And it's been quite nice being able to reply to emails, you know, asking about the poem to say, well, if you like that, you might like this poem by order. <laughs> well, that's a good poem. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the Earshot Creative Review with Steve Martin. And I've just stepped outside to do this section of the podcast. It's the news section. You can't do a news bulletin in a bar. It compromises its authority. Uh, Let's start with the Radio Advertising Awards, which were recently announced, and we say congratulations to our friends at Global Radio, who picked up the Ariel Award for Best Use of Radio to Drive Consideration. The campaign involved was the Capital Jingle Bell Ball sponsorship. We've heard that on the podcast before. So congratulations again to the guys at Global who developed that campaign with Universal McCann. 
But one of the biggest winners of the Radio Advertising Awards this year was the agency Mother. They picked up three awards, including this. This is the winner of the category Best Writing and Direction. Do you want to hear something funny? <laughs> when you smoke a joint, I end up in your head. <laughs> Me, giggles. <laughs> I'm in your head. Oh, that is so funny. I'm dying. Oh, that's panic attacks. He often turns up too. He always thinks he's going to die. That's funny. I can't breathe. I feel like my heart's going to explode. Oh, an exploding heart. That's funny. <laughs> Shut up. I'm suffocating. <laughs> stop it. I'm dying. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Oh, stop it. <laughs> panic attacks are choking me. I'm suffocating. I'm going Cannabis can turn nasty, and the more you mess with it, the more it can mess with your mind. To find out more, visit talktofrank.com or text your question to 82111. Text charge at your network's standard rate. A really powerful piece of radio and a masterclass in writing and direction. The creative team was Ed Warren, Damien Ellie and Scott Harris. Production at Angel Sound. Well, we're thick into awards season. The Radio Academy P&M Awards are judging now. And the Student Radio Awards, well, those nominations are out. And in the Best Marketing and Station Sound category, Click Teesside, Smoke Radio and former winners URN all nominated there. The ceremony is on the 11th of November. Also this month, Smooth Radio launched nationally with new imaging from Wise Buddha. Buddha won the pitch in what we understand to, to have been a hotly contested battle. And we'll learn more about that in November's podcast from GMG's group production director, Chris Stevens. And finally, an earshot listener has won a prize in a competition organised by Ryan Dreen in the States. Now, Ryan does a really interesting podcast uh, in which he talks to radio producers one-to-one. And he recently set a production challenge to his listeners. Well, that challenge was taken up and won by an earshot listener from Europe. Hi, I'm Pascal Standard from Belgium, and Steve asked me to make something about uh, me. <laughs> it's quite awkward talking about myself like this, but okay, here we go. There's two reasons for this report. One, I'm the winner of the radio imaging contest from Ryan's Producers Podcast. Two, I've set out to make my dream come true, making a living producing radio imaging. About the contest... The theme was Chase after Ryan interviewed the legendary Eric Chase in his anniversary episode of The Producers Podcast. So my idea was to cut up the Eric Chase interview and reassemble the snippets into a script where Eric does a VO session in my studio. I topped it off with myself instructing and mocking Eric Chase to do this promo. Just listen. Chase promo take 17. Okay, once more, Mr. Chase. Stand still and speak directly into the mic this time. What the... <sighs> it's the big round thing in front of you. Yeah, that one. Here we go. In three, two, one. Rule number one. I don't like using my own voice and stuff to basically do everything. So it might surprise me when it's good. It's a sad state of affairs, I'm afraid. Rule number two, I always hated radio. I don't enjoy doing it, so, um, yeah. I'm no good at it. So, I went on the road with a band, and I'm stuck with it. It's tough, man. Yes, at last we got it. It's good. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, I actually, I love a little bit different. That's why I have such a weird background. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't enjoy doing voiceover. Oh, and now you tell me. Eric Chase sent me a personal email after hearing it, congratulating me on the creativeness of it, which was already a victory in itself for me. Eventually, the votes turned in my favor as well. So, I actually won. 
Second prize was for Paul Wiggy from the Philippines. Moving on to the second part of my story. Making a dream come true. After the victory in the contest, it actually dawned on me that my stuff may actually be decent. I've been making sweepers, promos and jingles for our own local station for years and years. But now the big boys and girls keep telling me that my stuff is quite cool. So I teamed up with Lex, also an imaging geek, to jump in the deep water and set up our own imaging service. We are imagingdogs.com. Demos, pictures of studios, voice bank, the whole deal. We do all styles, all languages, all kinds of goodies. Go take a listen after hearing the rest of this podcast. So, we're trying to fulfill our dream. Make a living making noise. Wish me luck. Cheers from Belgium, the land of beer, chocolate and waffles. And now, radio imaging. Back to you, Steve. Thank you, Pascal. Those crazy Belgians and their mic processors. Right, let's head back indoors. The Earshot Creative Review. Sponsored by Hobsons. Say hello, Hobsons, at hellohobsons.com. So it's the Earshot Creative Review. I'm Steve Martin. We've got Paul Hilton here from BBC London and Ben Motley from BBC Global News. Let's uh, play some stuff we've brought along, stuff that's inspired us, Ben. Yes, well, this is a very old kind of cut copy dance track called Timber by, by Cold Cut, which they, they did in conjunction with Hexstatic, who basically make videos. They make rhythms out of videos. And essentially, all the sounds that you hear are real sounds. Uh, so you hear a saw, you hear a, a, a circular saw, you hear a chainsaw, the sound of an axe, uh, of a chisel, and that sort of thing. And they've thrown all these sounds up in the air, brought them back together, and made a, a track out of them. It's, it's what, 1998, I think they made this. So it was a long time ago, but it was a, probably quite a, a formative track for me because that's I was at university at the time and that was probably the sort of time I was starting to think about my craft and, and the sort of things that I wanted to do. And what I like about it is the fact that they've taken all the various elements, chucked them all together, made something entirely new, but also something that makes a statement about the thing itself because it's essentially a track and a video about deforestation. And it has a, a beauty in its own right, as well as just being a bunch of sounds. Now, I've been away for most of the last month, both on business and on holiday, and that means, for me, a chance to listen to a bunch of podcasts, far better than this one. Uh, now, I've been listening to uh, producers of upmarket speech podcasts in particular, just to hear how they use uh, some interesting styles of music and sound design to identify their brands and their content. So, tell me what you think of these. Um, this is The Economist's branding. Economist. It's a small, classically uh, inspired piece, slightly jazzy, not at all pompous, though. Yeah, it's fairly inoffensive, which I suppose is, is what you want from something like that. Um, but contrast that with The Guardian. The Guardian. See, The Guardian is very electronic and ambient and modern and arty. I thought it was rather, rather Channel 4. Not less traditional. Yeah, you see, but I like the Guardian one because to me, it, it's there's something about this slightly warmer, and I like that kind of um, sort of crescendo logo and the voice as well. The voiceover is just that little bit more inviting. And I've got one more, which is well, have a listen. The FT. 
I think we'll play other games. It's so short. The FT. It's a doorbell. It is a doorbell. I almost want that chord to resolve at the end. I'm sort of going, <laughs> la. <laughs> I think of all of them, they're demonstrating that uh, they're good with money by not spending much on it. Yes, just two notes. Much cheaper than three <laughs> notes. If you work for The Guardian or indeed The Economist or the FT and you're responsible for any of that creative, we'd love to hear about uh, the way you got to where you are uh, at uh, earshot at smartin.me and we'll get you on the podcast in the future. The Earshot Creative Review with Hobson's. And finally, Paul, you've brought something along which has inspired you. And finally, Steve. Yes, um, this, was, um, this was something that happened to us all in English regions this year. Uh, we uh, had a change of text number, whereas every station before had its own individual number. They decided we're going to give everybody the same text number. I guess, like myself and a lot of my colleagues in English regions, went for a you know, pretty straight bat in terms of let's just tell the listener that it's a new text number and it's this. However, Jim Bowman um, of Suffolk had other ideas, and this is just Jim Bowman being his usual genius self. There once was a man who was plagued by a mouse, but the mouse was too quick to be caught by just one trap, so the man tried a more devious approach. He set three traps side by side, each with its own piece of cheese. But, and here's the clever part, he tied the three pieces of cheese together with a fine thread. So, if the mouse ate one, it would trip all three. Remember that. If it ate one, it would trip all three. A fictitious story intended to help you remember our brand new shorter text number, 81333. All you have to do is start your message with SFK and send it to nibbled a bit of cheese, snap, snap, snap. Or in other words, 81333. Texts are charged at the standard network rate. No fictitious mice were harmed in the making of this announcement. A quicker way to get in touch. Text SFK to 81333. I can't imagine what kind of mind you need to not only come up with that, but also have the nerve to go through with it. Yeah, I just love the whimsical uh, music as well that he's using in the uh, in the background there as well. But that that's Jim all over. I mean, he, he, as long as he's entertaining somebody, uh, the listener, then he, he doesn't care. And I think it works. Can you remember the number, Ben? It's eight one triple three, and I think that's what's nice about it because you you do. About halfway through, you find yourself thinking, where is this going? This is absolute nonsense. And, and, and then you realise that there's a very good reason for it. And by that point, you've already got it. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, I'm going to add Jim to the uh, wish list for this podcast and hopefully get him on in the future. Listen, I must say thank you to you uh, both, Ben and Paul, for joining us this month. Uh, thanks also to Chris Nicholl at WizFX for producing our imaging. We're sponsored by Hobsons at hellohobsons.com for all your voiceovery needs. Did I just say ovary? Uh, next time, the big S&P man from Bauer, Steve Taylor, will be here, plus GMG's Chris Ray on the new Smooth Radio. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. For show notes, photos, links and details of how you can be part of the Earshot Creative Review, find us at earshotcreative.com.